Welcome back. Welcome back. Was wow, that, loud? that was loud. I don't man. have my headphones. It'll on. be all right. It was super loud. Welcome back to another episode of the Safeties Off Show presented by Kepler Creek Outdoors. Excuse me, cough break. Today we have on Buck and Jay from Dirty Duck Coffee. Great guys, great conversation. We get to talk about how their company started up uh, and then kind of what they're passionate about, which, you know, happens to be the outdoors. It happens to be a lot of the things we're passionate about. That's exactly right. So it's fitting that our first ad read is Dirty Duck Coffee. Years ago, a passion and legacy was created over common obsession for the wild pursuit of waterfowl, and this evolved into a coffee and apparel company called Dirty Duck. I've replaced my coffee that I've been drinking for years now with Dirty Duck, and this is for sure the easiest ad read of all time because the coffee's awesome. The gear's great, too. See the hat at the end of the table. Check them out. Use promo code KCO15 for 15% off your entire purchase now. Next, we have Dino Climbing. Dino, Dino Climbing. Climb. Climb. Use code KCO15 to check out when you purchase their pre-workout. It says it's a pre-workout for climbers, but what I find it to help me with is that mid-afternoon slump in between teaching the youth and then molding the youth at football practice. I have the Bigfoot Berry, and it's pretty dang good. Go check them out. Use code KCO15. Next, well, what, we what have... What do you get for that? 15% off? 15% off. Next, we have Trip Tech. Trip Tech, we followed them forever. It's a five-in-one hunting multi-tool. It works as a punch. You can use it to unscrew choke tubes. Upland hunters can even use it to distinguish between mature or juvenile birds. It's an awesome tool. Got one right here. I basically use it as a, a fidget tool during our interview today as it's you're a, just watching. It's a how many in one? So what? How many is it in one? Five in one. Six in one. Because it's also a fidget tool. Dang it, dude. They're going to yep. love us. Yep. So, yeah, if I go check them out, TripTech, T-R-I-P-T-I-K. Everybody needs one on their lanyard. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Bro, I almost caught that one. You got that heater on full blast. You got all the windows down, and you're just... <laughs> you're such a... <laughs> So, so to to start off, uh, we've got Jay and Buck from Dirty Duck Coffee joining uh, Jacob and I today, and we appreciate you guys coming on. So, just to kind of start to give everybody a base, uh, can one of y'all give us like a brief background of how you guys started and what you guys what you guys are? Not everybody yeah. wants though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just uh, some some buddies that grew up together that, uh, Jay took me duck hunting for the first time. And, and, uh, you know, we've told this story quite a bit and it's a neat story, but, uh, you know, we always made it a point. Um, Jay took me when I, when I was about like 16, 17, I think it was, we were sort of late and, and I grew up hunting upland with my dad and turkeys and that kind of stuff. But Jay said, uh, Hey, you want to go duck hunting? I said, sure. I love hunting. And then I was just hooked on it. Jay's family had a, a sweet little place that they had these little cabins at a fishing lake at a duck marsh. And so we'd go out there and hang out, light a fire and, you know, grill meat and go duck hunting in the morning. And that was really my first taste of it. And I just, I loved everything about it. Like just being out there camping, hanging out, doing, you know, manly shit. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Me, I, was just, I was just freaking hooked, you know? Um, so yeah, his dad had, I what this little cabin, man, he had like 30 mounts on the wall or more. Like he was nuts. His, his uh, dad was big, big hunter. And so there's bear, you know, uh, bear rug skins and freaking moose heads. And I can't even remember. It's been so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, after high school, him and I were, uh, you know, didn't really know I was a little bit lost. Uh, so we went to community college and, uh, I think Jay went to the same community college and uh, yep. so we ended together and we almost moved in the old, we call it his dad. Called the dog house. The house. Yeah. So when he got in trouble, he had to go stay at the dog house and that was the hunt shack. And we almost, we almost became roommates out there. And then uh, after the one year uh, at junior college, wasted my life away. Uh, Jay went to Mizzou and I went to Missouri Western and I uh, walked on the football team and, and I ended up being about, 30 miles from Mountain City, Missouri, where where the dirty duck is now and where I hunt. 
and I figured out a way where I could all through college, especially the last couple of years, um, I could hunt every single morning, go to class in the middle of the day. And then we were watching films for football at two o'clock, two 30 practice in from three 30 to five 30. And I had to take a couple night classes to make it all work, but that's the dream. So, but uh, Jay and I always made a point every year, even, you know, he was living in St. Louis. We were going different directions. I moved to Texas, always made the point to hunt together uh, at least once a year and always, you know, remain great friends. And, and uh, I, uh, I opened up the Dirty Duck Lodge, which is my personal man cave lodge on Main Street. And we have bands in there and I live upstairs and it's, it's just purely for fun. It's not business at all. And, uh, had some friends coming up from Texas and I said, I'm gonna make a couple hats just for like, Hey, thanks for coming type of deal. Give it away to them. And, and one of them was like, you need to start selling these hats. And I was like, no one wants this stuff. And they're like, yeah, I had a stranger offer me 40 bucks for the one on my head. <laughs> so I just started messing around on Shopify in my spare time, just bored. You know, when it's cold, you're stuck inside. And, uh, during the 2020 pandemic had too much time on my hands. Um, it was probably a Tuesday getting hammered, you know, <laughs> nothing to do. And I said, I said, Jay, I have this great idea. Let's start a coffee company. <laughs> and then I explained it to him. I'm like, you know, like all these people are coming out with this branded coffee. Obviously there's some, some big ones, some small one that really taken on. And, and I really felt like I like branding the dirty duck, but I felt like it needed more of a tangible, uh, product to go with it you know not right. just a hat like anybody can print a hat or shirt something right. like that and i said you know what when i started hunting in college i started drinking coffee because it was cold it was early we stayed up too late let's why don't we make coffee and uh it gave us a creative outlet when the whole world was shut down when i was having events canceled i mean i know there's people in constructions and other industries that just went wild but my events, my my uh, main job is selling commercial sporting clay throwers uh, to gun clubs, private ranches. I also help with um, putting on shoots, like fundraising events. And those were just getting canceled left and right during spring, like my busy, one of my busiest periods. So it gave me a way to stay creative and uh, uh, just turn into a you know, complete piece of shit, I guess, sitting on the couch. Uh, during as the, did the rest uh, of the world that the curve type of deal That's what my so. wife told me yeah except we didn't when we were sitting down on the couch doing absolutely nothing we didn't think of a company we just sat there <laughs> i mean just absolutely. well i still got fat and sat there but at least yeah at least you had a great idea yeah i was flexing my brain muscle so the craziest thing to me about uh while i was creepishly listening to podcasts with jay on them the craziest thing to me is that when you came to him for this with this idea, Jay said he had never drank coffee before. Yep. But y'all are just such good friends. I mean, you know, like, hey, I don't, I hate coffee. I never had it before. <laughs> I never had it, but dude, sounds good. Where do where do I send the money? Yeah, it really. I mean, it really come come back to the, you know, the friendship. You know, Buck Buck and I had known each other for so long, and um, you know, we've been through a lot of ups and downs through life together, you know? And so there's very few people that I would, you know, want to be in business with just cause it gets complicated, it gets messy. Uh, you know, especially when you bring in like family and other things like that. And, you know, there's very few personalities that I would want to go into business with. And we just have always clicked, you know, and um, it's never been any pressure behind it, you know, we just have an expectation of our friendship is our friendship and it'll always be a friendship um, no matter what. And that's kind of what I think you need if you're going into business with somebody. And so, you know, I'd of course been up to the dirty duck since it started. Um, and, you know, Mount city is a much of a, as a place for me as it is for Buck, just from the history of being up there and seeing it from dirt floor, nothing to uh, the finished, you know, product that it is now. And, and just all the memories up there and, you know, coming back from St. Louis or wherever I was living at the time and, and going up there to hunt and, um, you know, moving back to Kansas City, getting up there even more. And so it was just, you know, just a part of the the friendship that I was like, hey, man, this uh, this this sounds like something I think could go. And, and 
you know, was honored to jump on board and, and be a part of it. And we took off and, you know, we don't do anything halfway, you know, when we do something, we go all in. So it's been a, it's been a fun journey. Yeah. I've actually, so when I went to little rock, I picked up some coffee and it's actually pretty dang good. I had right. That's yeah, not I'm terrible. On, no, it's not terrible at all. It's pretty dang good. I'm on, and I don't even like pecan pralines or coconut, but I am killing that bag currently <laughs> at work. Yeah. And I've been saving the, uh, you guys gave me some of the whiskey blend. I've been saving that for a rainy day. I want to have some yep. buddies over one morning and be like, all right, let's crack this bad boy. You know, let's, kind of, let's, let's tap this one. Yeah, okay. show this off. You know, <laughs> tap this bad boy. And, uncork it. Yeah, uncork it together, boys, you know, after a long, it's, long It's day. pretty good. It's, it's right in line with our Missouri boat ride and our cinnamon teal, you know, the two flavored ones. And, uh, you know, when we're at, we're at these shows, people, you know, we'll have like old men come up and they drink coffee black and That's right. coffee black. But um, it's not sweetened. It just has a little bit of flavor. Yeah. So it's still black coffee. Oh, the old man at work. So like, uh, we have, uh, uh, the old man at work and he listens to this show. So I got to be careful about how I, <laughs> how I word this. His an office, old man. Break I'm going to say, yeah, the old man's office, excuse me. <clears throat> the old man's office is next to mine. What's the old man's name? He's a very manly, yeah. He's a manly, manly old man. You know, he's a good guy. And uh, he lets me use his coffee pot graciously. So I'm like, you know what? I'll supply the coffee. And I go to telling him about, hey, you know, now we got Dirty Duck coming in once a month. He's fired up about it. And so I, I put a, I'm blanking. It's, it's, the, it's the first flight or the last flight? Is the, is the first meeting. flight. First flight. Yep. Thank you. Sorry. And uh, we drank that. And he was like, that's good stuff. Yeah. And then I bring, <laughs> I bring the pecan and coconut up. And he's like, you sissy. <laughs> like, you put what are you? My... What are you drinking? Foo-foo. Yeah, I mean, he's getting after me. But uh, I think he secretly has been drinking it because today I made eight. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a closet. Like, yeah, I drank like four and then there was nothing left. So I think he's a closet <laughs> uh, you know, coconut flavor guy. And then so that was my question I had on my notes for Jay was, uh, you know, after you started tasting these coffees and you're not that big of a coffee guy, uh, what's your what's your favorite flavor and why is it the cinnamon uh teal? Uh let me see. Oh man, I'd say my favorite's the morning wood, the Brazil. Um it's just it's so smooth and, and it makes a great iced coffee in the afternoon. Um, you know, you let it cool off and just sit there in the pot and you got some left, you throw it over ice. Uh it's it's got a little bit of chocolate uh you know undertones to it and so you know i'd say that morning the morning wood brazil is my favorite um but you know i i get a hankering for a different flavor every every day so that's what i love is i can go and pull up the closet and see what's in there and i'm like all right what i feel is i'm a little lighter today darker today my wife loves the dark uh the dark dynasty uh duck nasty is one guy used to call it um but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so that's why i like we've got a kind of a variety so you can kind of go down the down the lines of flavors and and you know strengths and all that kind of depending on what you feel like for the day yeah they're they're all good we can go to a show and depending on what we're brewing that's what we're selling because if yep. people taste it, they like it and we typically lead with our two flavored coffees because we have a lot of women at this stuff too and right and the flavored coffee is not a not a girly coffee. Like I said, it just has some flavor, but it's still a medium roast. And, um, but yeah, the, the morning wood, the high velocity, those are probably our top four. And then you got the French roast is great. The dark's great. The Colombian, we got a Costa Rica, uh, breakfast blend and it doesn't matter what you put in the coffee pot. I don't think any of them are any better than the next one. So people always ask me, what's your favorite? I'm like the next bag. And I just go, I just grab bag. one, you know, at my house. So, yeah. What with the branding on them is is next level. Yeah, the branding is <laughs> is great. So, where did uh? It's kind of a stupid question, but like, what's the dirty duck mean? Like, what's the meaning behind that? Well, I uh, I hunted in Mountain City, Missouri, up there, an hour north of Kansas City. Right. And it's in uh, it's a it's a small town, a lot of agriculture. Um. Missouri River goes through there. They got the hills. They got the river bottoms. They have eight the, man uh, football. Yeah, eight man football. They got the uh, uh, Squaw Creek uh, National Wildlife Refuge. So it's a they'll hold 
200,000 mallards and a gazillion snow geese at yeah. any, you know, certain time. So, and it's a really historic area too. Like there's, there's, uh, you talk to the old timers and, you know, Ted Williams, uh, multiple chiefs players, like big names have, have came there and hunted and it, so it has some history and I wish it was a little bit more documented, but they also have the waterfowlers hall of fame there at the, uh, community building. Really? And it's mostly for like, uh, for guys that have hunted there all their lives and try to contribute to the sport. And they all have these, you know, these cases in the, in the hall of fame where they have their, their old calls or maybe their old gun photos and that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's an area that has some history. And, um, so yeah, when I, when I started hunting up there, I always thought, man, it'd be cool to get like a little log cabin out in the woods, you know, away from everybody. And, uh, one of my buddies called me and said, Hey, I got a building for rent on main street downtown. And, uh, it's on the corner and it was an old storefront building built in 18, 1880s or something. And they turned it into an apartment. And so I paid like 400 bucks for like duck season to stay there Jeez. and we'd move in and no one had been in there the whole entire year. So it's been closed up and I'm sure the roof was leaking upstairs mm -hmm water was running underneath it, you know, and so it smelled musty as hell. It was like, <laughs> smelled like black mold or whatever. It was, it was so rough. We'd, go in there, we'd air it out. We'd cook bacon. We'd light candles. And after like <laughs> two days, it smelled just fine, you know, but uh, so I named it just joking around. I'm like the musty duck. That's what we're going to call it. And, and so it was right on the corner in town. It was two doors down from the bar, uh, like five like across the street and a half a block away from the grocery store and right next to the grocery store is a gas station that had pizza and liquor and beer and everything you needed and i was like prime location man being downtown the small town this is cool we just park walk down to the bar um terry's place she has uh you know lunch every day it's like six dollars a plate with a tea cash only and today's cool boy saturday you got yeah so it was like, this is what she's fixing. If you don't like it, you can leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the evening, we'd go there and it's, you know, we we're drinking bush light or whatever in the bottles. And they had the old original um, big buck hunter in the quarter, in the corner there. Yeah. And I would drink bush light and chew Copenhagen and put every dollar and quarter I had into that damn machine. And <laughs> having so much fun and, and, and then the bar would close and there's some nights where half the, you know, it'd be about 20 of the locals would come back to the musty duck and we're freaking drinking and throwing bottle rockets into the street and doing all kinds of things. <laughs> you know, back when we're, now we're old and stupid back then. We're yeah. Young. It sounds like, this just sounds kind of like a frat house on main street. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know? yeah, it was all kind of, I could probably write a book, things that happened there. So, but. yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I was the musty duck. And then, um, I was, I got, had this idea in my head, like, man, this is kind of cool. And two doors down to the North, there's a building that was uh, foreclosed. The bank owned it. It was for sale. And I ended up buying it in 2007 and got a hell of a deal on it. At the time it was a shitload of money to me. I just graduated college <laughs> And my dad's buddy's like, what'd you pay for this thing? And I told him, he's like, oh, shit, that's nothing. I'm like, this? <laughs> pot the piss in. That's a lot yeah. of money. Uh, but it was a, uh, you know, building built in 1887, has a lot of history. It was a bar back in the 70s and 80s. And uh, a lot of good times, like all the, the old timers come by and they're like, what are you doing here? I drank a lot of beer in this place. <laughs> And they tell stories about so-and-so rode a horse through the back door, out the front door, on the main street, naked, or, you know, stuff like that. Jesus. <laughs> this town, my God. Reminds me of home. Yeah, what is the life expectancy in Mound City? It's not. It's good. It can't be real That's hot. Like the duck hunters that come to the Dirty Ducks. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. no, but we, uh, my dad and brother and I and people from town that we became friends with, everybody pitched in. We'd work weekends and did a complete demo on the downstairs down to, I mean, we had to level the floor with supports underneath it. We we're tearing out three or four layers of hardwood floor, some original flooring, square nails, uh, 
a couple different ceilings. I took all the plaster off the brick. There's eight layers of uh, antique wallpaper on top of the plaster, the original plaster. And so I took it all down to brick. And uh, at the time I was traveling down to Texas before I moved. And uh, so I just started bringing signs and flags and stuff back. And so people see it online and they're like, wait a minute, I'm confused. Is this in Texas or Missouri? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of a long story. Yeah, so. it's kind of, I mean, it is a long story, but it's an incredibly interesting one. And uh, if you can get people, if you can get people bought into that, you know, like, hey, we're just a bunch of, just, just some buddies that ventured off in COVID and this and that, you know, and you get to talking about how you basically opened up a frat house on Main Street. I mean, you know, people can buy <laughs> into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, now you're making it seem like uh, Will Ferrell in old school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going no. streaking. Yeah. <laughs> Now, on the last podcast, I called Jay on without me. He did call me the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dang. Buck's, Buck's, the God, yeah. Buck's the Godfather. Like, how did this all go? Well, Buck's kind of the Godfather of this whole thing. You know, I got I got Buck started duck hunting, and then he got revenged by getting me drinking beer and whiskey. And so I don't know who's even. Yeah, at the time uh, when we are at the doghouse back in the good old days, I liked drinking my beers and, and such, and – Jaden, Jaden drink. And it was like, cool, no problem. You know, I'm going to have a couple beers, you know, when you're, when you're uh, 17 years old, I'm like, I'm not judging him. He's not judging me. We're just doing our thing and duck hunting. And then uh, eventually, you know, when he was in college or I don't know when, but I got him drinking crown and beer and everything else and ruined his life. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then you got him drinking coffee. You're like, I well, got to ruin my that. life by, by making me go duck hunting. Now I'm, Freaking yeah. man that's 100 percent true <laughs> duck, duck hunting is the most addictive it's the most addictive sport by far yeah i think the yep. most addictive hunt i you know we live in uh here in louisiana sportsman paradise sportsman's paradise i mean it's i love louisiana i'm never leaving uh but i don't know about a sportsman's paradise like we basically basically can dabble in all of it mm -hmm. like we can go shoot doves this weekend at dove opener and like I'll go whitetail, you know, deer hunting. And then every once in a while you get a call from a buddy and he's like, Hey man, we were scouting on the river and you know, we jumped up a hundred, let's go, you know, or something like that. It's, it's nothing like what you're talking about in Mound city. And I think we talked about that. Like you go to Kansas and whatnot and, uh, you see all these ducks and you, you see all these pictures and yada, 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 that gets you hooked. Big time. Oh, yeah. The first time they pass and they just light feet up and you just freaking mollywop them, gets you going. Yeah. I did. I did take. Uh, so I had an old timer from Mound City. I call him the Mound City Duck Commander. <laughs> he, he passed away last year. His name was Frank Morris, but he was like the Phil Robertson of Mound City. He had a great big of beard, and he said, "Come on, we're going duck hunting." And uh, we laid out in a ditch, <laughs> and we had floater decoys in a dry cornfield. And we propped them up so they'd sit upright. Yeah. And this is, I was still in college. So this is probably like, you know, in the early 2000s, not to date myself. Um, I was, you know, becoming a doctor probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, we were laying in the ditch and we had one spinner out. And we just knew that the ducks were flying west out of the refuge that day. And we we're having like two, 300 ducks just pitch and come down and cover us up and i was like what the hell is this all about yeah and then you're just wanting to recreate that moment for the rest of your life yeah and you're willing uh, to spend however much money and make your wife however mad yep to, to have that moment <laughs> and then a couple of years later i took jay out to a field and he probably thought i was nuts but we were using oh, steering overs yeah we we're using our blind bags as like pillows and then we just cover ourselves with corn socks <laughs> It was before, like, I don't even know if layout blinds were invented. I don't think, no, nobody was still hunting out layout blinds. I was like, we're going to go in a dry cornfield with the. Well, that's, yeah, yeah that's kind of, that's the thing about duck hunting too, is like the technology just keeps advancing so crazy. Yep. And so crazy fast. And it's getting like way easier. Like you're talking about spinners. I mean, no offense. I can only imagine what a spinner looked like in early 2000s. Right? Yeah. The, the only problem is, you know, the, the, the sport's really grown in popularity. Right. 
the pressure's tough. Competitive. Finding a place to hunt's tough. And these birds are seeing this stuff all the way from Canada to, I mean, we're just in Missouri. I can't even imagine, you know, the Southern States. If you don't have, if you don't have the weather helping you out, you're, it's not good. Oh, you're screwed. That's what we were talking about. Maybe on last podcast. I can't remember. Uh, Mojo Outdoors, you know, they make the spinners. They're located in Monroe, Louisiana as well. Same as Duck Dynasty. Uh, mm-hmm. Duck Dynasty makes all the calls, and then they make the uh, the decoys, the spinners. And if you hunt on Interstate 20, on I-20, you probably don't even use a Mojo. You may early season, like what you're talking about, but late season, you're not going to kill a duck if you have a Mojo in your spread. Because they've yep. seen, like you said, they're way too smart. Yep. And then, you know, you're only going to see 20 ducks anyways, so. You, you get better luck painting a two-liter bottle. Yeah, we have done that. We, well, that's back in the gap when I was in high school. I mean, it wasn't as competitive then. Uh, yeah. I was in high school in the early 2000s. <laughs> sure. You know, uh, 2009, 10. A little and, bit younger than you. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, we're close. And, uh, yeah, I remember spray painting two-liter bottles black. Yeah. Because we were going to go kill some blackjacks on the lake. Somebody called and said, hey, there's a bunch of them out here, and they're morons, you know. Uh, that was fun. But now, I mean, you've got people buying blackjack decoys, you know, ringneck decoys. And uh, I don't know, everybody's got the nice of the nice. Technology's crazy. It's just incredibly competitive. Uh, Still addicted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hunted with a buddy in college. You're talking about spray painting bottles. Um, buddy in college, I went to his place, and it was an old time up in that area where we hunt around Mound City. and his grandfather had started it, you know, with a group of guys and his dad, you know, they, it was still kind of like in a family trust and we're getting ready to go hunt one time. And they had all these buckets full of, uh, Pennzoil motor oil bottles, you know, the yellow quart bottles, like you'd put in your freaking yeah. car, they're cut in half and had magic markers drawn on them. And I oh, said, really? what the heck? And then there's all kinds of strings and weights in there and stuff. And I said, what the heck is that? And he's like, oh, my dad used to throw those out to make the ducks think there was corn floating in the water. Here's a corn. <laughs> we got a buddy who asked that all the time. My uncle is the captain game warden of Northwest Louisiana. Yeah. You no, know, I've said that on the show before. So we really can't do any of that crazy crap, but I have a buddy who's like, let's just spray paint a bunch of rocks yellow and throw them at the bottom. Like, what are they going to do? Get onto us for throwing rocks in the water? I'm like, yeah, they probably would. It's not a bad idea. I mean, technically, idea. it's not baiting. Technically, it's not. Now you got me thinking about it. I don't know what they'd get me on. Littering. They'd make up something. Littering, littering rocks. In, littering in. Littering and smoking the ducks. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. yeah it might be worth it. Yeah. It might actually be worth it. I don't know. Right, now, now I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm going to get a can of yellow spray paint. Yeah, we've done some crazy things, but that, that would be uh, that would be incriminating for sure. If Uncle Richie's listening. We didn't do it. No, we didn't do it. Um, I did want to ask you guys, so we, we were, are working with you all now, or working for you all now, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, our Dirty Duck hat. It's for people that we, we reference this hat every single time. We're like, yeah, at the end of the table, check out the hat. Uh, but really, this hat doubles as a uh, – it covers up our outlet. It's so, nice. Yeah. It's a receptacle cover. So, it's a receptacle cover because I broke the real one. So, I was like, you know what? We're just going to put that extra hat right there. And uh, there she goes. So, you can use these things for anyways or well, anything. We're sold out of that particular hat right now, and we're, we're trying to get stock, and now we know why. Yeah, yeah. We, we use it as a – this one as a receptacle cover because it, it was the nicest. It was the biggest. It kind of went with it. Uh, Jacob was usually wearing his. He got a different one on today. But I will sell this one since they are out. I will sell this one to, for a hundred bucks to anybody. Probably, someone will probably buy it for a yeah, hundred bucks. Yeah, we can't get them in stock. This is sweet. Well, that's hat. a sick hat. This, I so yeah. we went to Little Rock. Uh, Buck hooked us up with our hats, and I knew which one I wanted. So I, I grabbed that one, and then I had to get a couple for these guys. This is actually one of our buddies that he needs to come pick up, Justin. Uh, but anyways, this, there was only like two of these left. I was like, got it. Like, I'm, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to get the one that, that has the least amount, but they're sweet, man. They're absolutely sweet. Um, but I wanted to ask, 
you you're now like partnering with a lot of big time outdoor podcast uh blind chatter some of the bigger ones like the one with andy shaver on it uh as as a brand and i know you guys have full-time jobs so what all like when you reach out to companies like that uh kind of you know what are you looking for and then also like what do you feel like the content that's most like useful for you like obviously you're you're on every podcast we have. Uh, are you guys looking to get out there and, and film some hunts? Or, you know, you want to show that side of you? Or you want to just basically say, hey, we're a coffee company? You know, stuff like that. No, I mean, we, we uh, the very first one we sponsored was the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast, which are local boys to where we hunt. And they just started out about the same time we did the coffee thing. Right. Uh, Logan, Logan Pyatt and Rebel Heron, and they're hilarious. It's definitely not PG rated. <laughs> they, they're hilarious. And Logan's good friends with uh, Jeff Stanfield. And we're, Logan and I were having a drink at the Dirty Duck one day. And he's like, you know what? If you really want to like get in front of some people, you need to call Jeff. And just, it was kind of like one of them recommendations. I wasn't familiar with their podcast at the time just because right. everything was so new. And we just kind of dove off with them. And, um, you know, it's been a couple of years now and we're really starting to reap the benefits of, of, uh, you know, sort of sticking with them and then sticking with us, the partnership. Right. Uh, right now, everything seems to just be happening like really organically. It's like, uh, you know, like with you guys and it just people approach us or we meet somebody and, you know, the great thing about this duck hunting industry, it seems like everybody is just so willing to support and help each other and, so that's really how we're benefiting within the industry. It's just, you know, we, we want to help you guys as much as you guys want to help us. And, and all the way around, you know, you go to all these big shows, the Delta, the, the uh, squad fest, all these ducks. Um, and it's just like that way, like the whole entire show, like almost all the vendors, they're just there to support each other, you know, and do business. So. Yeah, that's what's, that is nuts. And we were talking about off camera about, uh, you know, uh ramsey ramsey russell who is the get ducks guy like everyone even he's one of the biggest names in duck hunting you could argue uh, especially on social media at least and they're also receptive and just will, are willing to help out i mean guys like me and jacob who are just we like our brand per se is being average you know like we're average and we're we're morons so come and watch us hunt or come and talk hunting with us and laugh at how dumb we are basically uh mm -hmm. so you know like that that's our take and for people like him who legitimately are professional duck hunters or guys like you who, you know, have professional coffee makers and whatnot to support small guys, or even just to give us the time of day. I, I would venture to say that in no other niche or hobby, it is like that. It's hundred percent like that. So, I mean, for you guys to even like, you know, support smaller podcasts, whatnot says a lot about you guys. And then that's who, you know, when I go to buy things, that's who I look for. Uh, you know, like I, Hand up. I have some Sitka stuff. All right, Jacob. I, I feel your eyes. I feel his eyes cutting through me right now. I have a Sitka backpack. All right. Hand Just a up. backpack. Yeah. But what I really like doing is, you know, obviously shopping local or just checking out these smaller brands because, you know, you want to support those local guys and whatnot. So, and that's what's fun. And uh, rather than going to the, to the big name, you know, to the big corporations and whatnot. And then one thing, um, I haven't talked to you guys about, but I'll ask you one thing that I do know about your company is that a portion of it you're wanting to give to like the conservation of duck hunting. You're wanting to give back to duck hunting. Could you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. You know, for us, we wouldn't be here if there weren't pioneers in the industry, especially on the conservation side. So whether that's Delta, whether that's, you know, Ducks Unlimited, you know, who's been around forever doing it. Um, and then also just down to the local organizations that help fuel those organizations. You know, you got local volunteers and then you just got other charities and things like that, that use the outdoors to help out their local communities. Um, we, we always want to give back as much as we can. And so whether that's helping them with a fundraiser, whether that's um, offering our products for one of their banquets, and that's kind of what we've been doing, you know, conversating with and getting set up with Ducks Unlimited and Delta so that we can help any branch across the country. Uh, we just want to do our part because, you know, if we don't, 
we just know the alternative. There's a lot of people out there that would rather hunting not exist, you know, because they view it, whatever they want to view it through their lens of it, you know, hurting animals or whatever it is. But if you look at the sport of, you know, either whether it's water, waterfowl hunting or whether it's deer hunting, whether it's upland game hunting, um, you know, the heart and the intent is all of us to make this place a better place than we left it. And so we're doing a lot of things to, uh, to give back. And so, you know, it's pretty easy for us to include that in our, you know, I guess our mission statement. And then, you know, on the other side, we, we all had somebody that took us, you know, duck hunting. So I remember, you know, with my stepdad and, and his hunting partner, Mr. Beerman, you know, if those guys hadn't gotten, you know, took me out when I was five and introduced me to duck hunting, then I wouldn't, we wouldn't be sitting here. I mean, really, because I would have taken buck hunting and, you know, the dirty duck wouldn't exist. And then this brand wouldn't exist, you know, on down the line. And and I think we all probably had somebody who said, hey, why don't you come out and duck hunt with me? You know, why don't you come out and shoot for the first time, whatever it may be that got you outdoors. And so we just love the fact that maybe, you know, we're that opportunity for that kid to say duck hunting's cool. You know, even if it's wearing one of our hats and they think it's cool to have a duck pooping on their hat. And that's what connects it to the outdoors. Just because we see, I mean, I got, you know, Buck and I both have kids. You know, I've got three girls. He's got two girls. And the last thing we want is for them to just be a slave to that, um, you know, that device. Uh, so getting outside, enjoying the outdoors, being out there together. Because I think we all would say the best part about duck hunting is the stories. You know, sitting around a duck blind, solving all the world's problems, talking about whatever's going on in life, whether good, bad, or Otherwise, um, you know, I, I think that that's what we remember the most. And I think as you get older, as you guys will experience here in a couple of years, um, you know, it's it's not always about, man, I limit it out every time. Um, I can give two shits if I limit out when I go hunting. If we get on them, great. If we don't, you know what? We probably created a memory in some regard. So being able to kind of help preserve that and give that back to the next generation, that's something that we want to be about. Absolutely. And that's, that's our thing too, is that, you know, I joke, but I am being serious. We're incredibly average outdoorsmen and I am going to make a mistake. I'm going to forget something. I'm going to drop something. I'm going to lose something or whatever. But just like you said, like I, I teach hunter ed. And one of the things you tell the kids is you're going to go through every stage of hunting. You're going to go through, I just want to see, I just want to shoot something, anything, don't care, tweet bird, whatever. Then there's the trophy stage and then there's uh, the sportsman stage like you want to try or, you know, whatever. And then there's the last one where you're like, I just want to get out there and be outdoors and enjoy, you know, friends and family and just being outside. And that's one thing that I hope that uh, like we just I'm hopefully after this going to stay up tonight and edit a, a new YouTube video of me going to get a new bow at a shop in Bastard, Louisiana. And the, the goal of that video is I just want to show how easy it is. Like, you don't walk into somewhere and they're like, oh, you're a new hunter? Get out. Like, you get out. Like, it's an incredibly welcoming industry. Absolutely. Yep. You very rarely, and mm -hmm. you guys have a, a huge following. Like, there's going to be those guys that are like, hey, you kill ducks, you suck. Like, you're a moron. You know, you can just go get this or right. be a vegetarian, yada, yada, yada. But for every one of those, there's like 10 good guys. Yep. They're like, come hunting with me. Like, come on. Like you can shoot, I'll film, you know, or, you know, whatever. I'll show you where my spot's at. And, uh, again, yeah, one, of our very, one of our very first conversations, Jay and I were like, if we do this and it becomes successful, I'm like, we are like giving back. We're going to use, right. you know, what, even if it, even if we don't have anything, we're going to use it to give back to the kids. Um, and that's what really gets me. Like Jay said, we always had somebody take us, start us you know, grandpa, dad, whoever it was, even, uh, you know, I hunted 12 years with a complete stranger who never knew me and took me under his wing, taught me how to call. And, you know, he's like part of the family to me. And, and so anytime I can get back to kids, um, we we're at game fair last weekend and these two, like five or six year old kids walked up with their families and they're looking at hats. And of course their dad was like, now oh, come on, we ain't gonna, you know, we're not spending money on that, you know. And I just walked out and I grabbed two of the small little camo hats with the duck on them and yeah. gave it to them. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like, that's the one I wanted. Yeah. And for me, that's really special because 
I can remember the first time I went to Walmart when I was about that age with my dad. And I picked out this old school duck hunting hat with a mallard on it, which I still have it. And that was like the first hat I ever picked out myself at Walmart and it had a duck on it. And it's funny how these things come, come full circle. But to me, it it's, it's about the nostalgia and the memories and passing on to another generation that really gets me. So. Yeah. I was my, my son's a huge, what mountain man yeah. loves watching. Mountain yeah. man and he's, you know, he's always telling me the whole story of the Jake, maybe, I don't know the, the, guy with the dogs and he's trip man and all his dogs names and all that and he's like really into i guess curious about hunting and wants to go always wants to play it always wants to grab his toy shotgun and go duck hunting and mountain lion hunting and stuff like that and i a couple days ago i was thinking man there's kids who probably watch this show that probably feel the same way he does but doesn't have somebody to take them hunting yeah Mm -hmm. like my son is fortunate enough that i will yeah, you'll one day take one him. day take him hunting. Yeah. He's only four, but but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of kids out there that won't won't get the opportunity because they don't have somebody to take them. And then when they get a little older, they'll you know start YouTubing it and whatever like that. And they'll they're gonna see us and they're gonna be like, these morons can do it. Anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> these two freaking idiots can do it. Anybody can do it. I thought you were supposed to kill things. <laughs> yeah, no, you're supposed to kill time. That's basically what it comes to. Yep. But we're real good at that. Well, guys, I appreciate you guys coming on. We appreciate you sponsoring our show. Uh, it's been a huge help. Uh, you know, just having being able to tag you guys and to say, hey, Dirty Duck Coffee, and you guys kind of backing us in a way, reposting us. Much appreciated. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome, man. It's, yep. it's, a, it's, it's all about helping out, helping everybody out. You know, there's no – what I love is for us, it's not a, it's not an ego thing. Like we don't have to be the biggest, the baddest and all that. And uh, so anything we could ever do to help anybody, you know, just reach out and if we can make it happen, we'll make it happen. And we want to always give it back. Or that we for sure will. You shouldn't have said that. Really appreciate Buck and Jay coming on talking dirty duck coffee, talking we, dirty duck to talking us, talking dirty duck to us. We had him on for a long time before the show and after the show, I kind of feel bad. But that's when, like, the best conversation happens. I hate that I'm not going to post the pre-show and the post-show talks. Some of it got kind of personal. Yeah, maybe we do, maybe we do like, behind the scenes one day. Ooh, we make like people uncut, pay, like, five bucks for it. Uncut? Uncut Kepler. Ooh. God, we have such great ideas. Could, Imagine not having great ideas like us. Be like nuts. only hunters. Okay, stop. <laughs> Only hunters. We can find our uh, uncut, uncut hunting and just talking and this and that. But you got to pay us ten bucks. Yeah, a you got to pay at onlyhunters.com. Onlyhunters.com. Ow. <laughs> okay. Anyways, moving on. Leaky waiters of the week. We do it every week where we talk about something that basically sucked from the week before. Mine's great. Mine's probably the best. Uh, it's this, typical. It is one hundred percent typical. So if you know Travis, if you've watched any of our content before and you've seen Travis in any of it. Travis is wild. The He's, most monotoned wild dude I've ever oh, met. Oh, absolutely. Monotone and wild. The two those are two great words to to describe Travis. So this past weekend we were going to where we went to Simmons Sporting Goods. We're gonna have a great video about that coming up here shortly, hopefully this week. Uh we went to Simmons, I got a new bow. We're gonna be talking with the guys from the Archie department, and you just never know who you're gonna see. You know, dressed to impress. You never know who you're going to see. So we meet Travis at a gas station to pick him up. Travis is wearing Crocs. Not bad. Depends on who you ask. Exactly. Not if you bad. ask me, not bad. Yeah. Ask my wife. You're a moron. Uh, so Crocs, socks, two different socks. Yes. One, one like above the ankle Puma and then one below the ankle like Fruit of the Loom. With the little gray sides on it. Little gray sides on it. Totally different. Some basketball shorts, 100% he got in college. So we're talking at least 10-year-old basketball shorts. A T-shirt some company gave him. Uh, and he looked like he just woke up. Like His, his hair, hair was messed up. hair was all messed up and everything. And I felt like a jerk. But I looked at I thought he was joking. Uh, I was like, Travis, 
you're joking. He's like, oh, uh, what? It's like, you, you, you can't come looking like that, man. You, you got to have something. So he runs back to his house, changes, comes back. That's not even my leaky waiter. My leaky waiter is that. Well, it, it put us 40 minutes behind. It put behind. us 40 minutes behind, and it made us late for his little shindig he had at night. We had we had plans to go eat lunch. Yeah, eat lunch, go work on some land. But it it him being Travis. Travis made us 40 minutes late, which made us which put us further back in line when we got to Simmons, yep. which was fine. Which is fine. Because we yeah. got to walk around and yeah. look at all the cool stuff. But. And, in the end, it made us late for his shindig with his girlfriend. Now his girlfriend hates us, so he's never going to get to hang out again. That. Yeah, he didn't tell us till he we didn't got, explain that. Yeah, he didn't tell us until we got to, till we got to Farmville. Yeah, Farmville. Yeah, like yeah, it was like after lunch. It was like, oh, by the way, I got to be back by seven. We're like, what? It's like three thirty. Yeah, we've just been taking our time all day, been hanging out. It's you like, tell us that now. It's like three thirty. We still got another. <sighs> at that point, we probably had another. Let's say an hour to get yeah. to the to the property that puts us at four thirty. What was an hour and a half from there back home? Yeah. So we had an hour to do what we needed to, to do to put boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. But let's be honest. In Bernice, how often do you use your buddies as the fall guy with your wife? All the time. But I use I use I I use my buddy like. Well, I didn't drive, so. Yeah, so you're not throwing him under the bus completely, right? You're not like, like he's keeping me out. It's his fault. I'm saying let's go. No, I usually make up an excuse of why you're running late, which in turn made me late, and I'm so so sorry. Right. Yeah, you're way much better at it. I've been doing this for nine years. Yeah. This marriage thing. This marriage thing. Golly, you're about to be a pro at it. About to be about to hit my higher tenure. Yeah, that's wild. You're a veteran. About to get that veteran salary. Yeah. So that was kind of both of our leaky waiter, but you said you got another one. Oh yeah, I mean, he, having to leave early—not that I was super fired up about walking through the woods. And, all day. and look, it turns out to be something. Yeah, because if you yeah. <laughs> if you listen to the last podcast, my leaky waiter was we'd went scouting slash try yeah. to shoot some hogs. Yeah, and you got you got red got bugs into the red everywhere. Bugs. Yeah. So this time, Tyler texts us the night before. Mind you, I got, I'm out till like 11.30 on Friday nights. Sick brag. Um, and so I'm like, why? He texts us, bring boots and pants because we're going to go walk around. It's I was little, looking out for you. Yeah, he's like, it's a little overgrown. You know, yada, yada. Don't want you getting in the red bugs again. Again. Well, so last time, I was wearing shorts and Crocs with no socks. Not ideal. Well, I sprayed bug spray on my ankles and stuff. Didn't have one bite on my legs. Right. So I got home late. My wife was already in bed. I wasn't going to push my luck. So I slept on the couch, and I grabbed some sweatpants out of the laundry room. And that's what I was going to wear, which I felt, I thought, I was like, I just need something to kind of cover up my legs. Yeah. I doused bug spray on my ankles and stuff like that because that was, you know, you know, when you wear sweatpants, it's kind of like the, you know, you get a little breeze underneath. Yeah. You know, it's the vent. Jeez. It's the vent, you know, yeah. down there. So I sprayed up, you know, my, my ankles and, you know, the bottom parts of my leg. I mean, I, I mean, it was dripping off. So I was like, we're good. Yeah. This dude takes us through a briar patch twice. Not me, Travis. Oh, it was Travis. Yeah, but continue. I mean, this isn't a, tra a no, Travis. No, it's a Bash Travis segment at this Bash point. Bash Travis. Travis. We'll think of, we'll think of an alliteration there yeah. that no. it rolls off the tongue a little right. better. But uh, so Travis has the, has the HuntWise app open. Right. And he's looking at, you know, we, we, we know there's a pond somewhere on there, so he's Okay, I think it's over here, and we're walking. Well, there was, there was a, there was three trails that kind of headed that direction. <laughs> we hit the first trail. Travis goes, oh, I think it's up here. We got to go up this. I think this is a trail. It looks like a trail from yeah, from the the satellite images. We get about oh, I was gonna say hundred yards, hundred feet. Yeah, hundred feet, and it turns bad. into a briar patch. We right. walk that for another two hundred feet. Right. Before Travis goes, you know, I think the 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 third trail. Looks like it goes straight to it. We'll just go that way. 
So we walk back out the briar patch, and I'm wearing sweatpants. Not thicky boys. Yeah. Thin-ish joggers. We hit the third trail. We walked, I don't know. He had the, he had the app open. I didn't. Felt like six miles through a briar patch. Could have been 200 feet, 300 feet. So I'm tore up. Like, it's scratching my clothes. You know when you, like, it pulls yeah. one string? Yeah, it, like, ruins leaves the whole that shirt. There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's all, everything I was wearing was like that. And I'm I'm getting poked in the hands. It's just, I mean, these briars are just jumping up and just literally latching onto you. Like, Oh, yeah. They're a special breed. But uh, then Tyler decides he's going to walk back, and he goes down the second trail. I said, yeah, I think the other one's more open. Y'all should come with me. No, y'all go down the other one. We'd already walked a little bit in, and right. I didn't want to walk back out. Yeah. I, thought, then, I was like, well, we're almost there, yeah. listening to Travis. Then I go down the second trail, and it's like walking down a road. It's legitimately a road. But so that's not the leaky waiter. That's just laying the groundwork. So we're going through these thick briars. I'm getting cut up, kind of high grass. Wake up the next morning. My ankles are all bit up. The one place I put a lot of bug spray. <laughs> they persevered. <laughs> they persevered. I think it was so hot, it just like dri- the sweat it off. Oh, it uh, just- probably. That is quite, I mean, quite. I used the word quite. I almost used it. It is miserable. I feel bad. I feel it's like it's bit, my it's fault two a times in a row. It's a bit of a mess, yeah. I feel like it's my fault two Dude, times in a row. I don't know. If somebody's got some some home remedy some of how to get rid of it, yeah, for real. Get rid of them or repel them or shoot anything. Because the off ain't working. The off didn't. The off worked the first time, but it wasn't as hot that day. Yeah. We were in the shade. Yeah. We weren't walking around a whole lot. Yeah. I can't wait to talk more about that land that we've now got access to and we're going to get to to hunt and check out that'll be another podcast another youtube video it's gonna be fun i think i think the journey of learning it is fun learning it uh you know clearing trails i think uh it's character building yeah i think it you know and i'll bring real pants next time yeah bring your real pants bring your real put my big boy pants on it's a mess yeah it's gonna be fun uh Great video, or great video. Great podcast today, I felt like. Another good one. Appreciate the guys from Dirty Duck. Appreciate all our sponsors. Um, without them, we legitimately could not talk our wives into letting us do this. But because of them, we do. Um, we have fun. Yeah, and we have a great time. It's a good time. So make sure you subscribe, like, comment, tell us how much you love us, and tell us how cute Jacob is. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram, listen to it on Apple Podcasts, listen to it on Spotify, uh, follow us on Facebook, join the Facebook group, do it all, text us, whatever. We appreciate you guys listening. It means a lot. Have a great week. Anything, Jacob? Jacob's just ready to go to sleep. I'm so tired. Go to church.